Welcome back to another episode of Your Best Bets. This episode, Mark and I review the RSM Classic, where our bet of the week nearly, nearly won. We also talk about the match, part three, taking place this week in Arizona with Steph Curry, Peyton Manning, Charles Barkley, and of course, Phil Mickelson. Talk about the entertainment value that provides and if it's worth betting on. And finally, we preview the 2021 majors. Hey, it's never too early. So, before we get to that, let's get to swimming into view. to talk about some golf and uh, review the RSM and to talk about the match this week and uh, some 2021 odds. Mark Benneke. Mark, welcome back. Phil, thanks again, man. Uh, excited to excited to have the chance to sit down with you and I'm looking forward to it. Well, Mark, the first, the first item on the list is uh, do a quick review of the RSM Classic. Uh, we had Robert Streb winning his second PJ Tour event. Uh, he won the RSM a few years ago. He was going off at 300 to one uh, pre-tournament. So if you were on Robert Streb, congratulations, and that was amazing. Um, last week we gave you a couple good picks. Uh, one was my bet of the week that came up just short was Kevin Kisner at plus 4,000, led by a shot with two holes to go and. Uh, couldn't get it done, and I was uh, I was pretty devastated yesterday. We also gave you Cameron Tringali at uh, plus t- uh, ten thousand, so a hundred to one for a top ten, and uh, he finished solo third. He had a great week. Uh, Mark, any any thoughts on the RSM? Well, I'll tell you what, Phil. I think uh, after this performance you guys put up, I'm sure going to be uh, I'll be sure to check out your predictions. Obviously, great work. Um, on both Kisner and Tringali, you know, I think uh, I, I've personally become a pretty big fan of Kevin Kisner just ever since um, kind of the relationship between Kiz and the and the guys on the barstool uh, foreplay golf guys. Uh, you know, it's kind of pulled the curtain back and it's allowed me to, to get to know him a little bit better. Um, just a great round from, from Kiz on Sunday, shoot 63. You know, at one point, I think it was, what, the 15th hole or something. He has like 20 feet for par, hasn't made a bogey in 39 holes, and uh, it, and just drains it from off the green. So great plan from Kisner. You know, Cameron Tringali, again, a guy that seems to put himself there into the mix. Um, I hate saying it in a lot of tournaments like the RSM, um, but, you know, certainly a guy that's, that's knocking on the door and is going to get a – has Tringali won yet or no? Uh, no, he has not won an event yet. I think I think this is his best, might be his best finish on tour. Um, I, I know he's his his numbers have been great this year, and he's a guy that's really picked up a lot of distance the last year. Um, you know, I think it's the Bryson effect, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see him winning at some point in the next, you know, sometime in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question. I mean, a guy that's that's right on the doorstep. You know, it was fun. You know, I really enjoyed the RSM. It, it really had that same sort of feel that, that you get at Harbortown, you know, the week after the traditional Masters in April. So great tournament and uh, just a neat, uh, neat area, you know, the real whole 
St. Simons Island area, the low country. I know um, we have some friends that like going down there vacationing in the Hilton Head, Savannah type area. So neat place. Yeah, the aerials uh, of that course it made me really want to go play it. And uh, cool place, cool vibe to the tournament, and uh, got a pretty good event. So we got uh, we got the Mayakoba next week, and uh, we'll we'll be doing a show about that. And then we we got a couple weeks off uh, before the the season starts back up again in, in early January. Uh, Mark, I want to get to <laughs> I, I say this tongue in cheek the highly anticipated match part three. Uh, f- goes off this Friday at three o'clock uh, uh, Eastern Time, uh, Stone Canyon Golf Club in Arizona. We got Steph Curry and Peyton Manning uh, going to go up against Phil Mickelson and Charles Barkley. Mark, will you watch this and why? Well, I, I think there's no question I'm going to watch it. Just as a golf nut. Um, you know, I don't think there's any question. I'll, I'll put it on, of course, back and forth between some of the college football uh, action on Friday. But look, I'm, I'm pretty fired up for it. Any chance you get to watch Charles Barkley play 18 holes, uh, you never know really what you're kind of in for. I think I read an article earlier today that uh, Phil is going to have some special Chuck tees for Barkley to play on. So I think it's going to be a little bit shorter. You know, I, I also heard that Eli Manning and Andre Iguodala are going to be calling the match, um, you know, providing some commentary. So I, I, I think for anything, you know, if you, you can't put a whole lot of stock into it, uh, but from an entertainment perspective, uh, I will definitely check it out and should be, should be a good watch. Yeah, so the format is modified alternate shot. So basically both guys will hit off the tee and they'll, they'll take, you know, whatever the best drive is and then they'll both, they'll both hit um, from, from that shot and then the next player has to play that shot. So Barkley's going to get a lot of play, whether he likes it or not. And, and Mark, I've actually, I actually saw that he's been working on his game solidly for six months straight and he says he's considerably better. Uh, he says he still hits some bad shots, but his his hitch is apparently gone. I know I want to I want to see that before you know I believe it. But uh, I mean, so right now the odds are Curry and Manning at minus one seventy five. They're a considerable favorite over Mickelson and Barkley. Uh, any chance that Barkley does enough where they can pull off the upset? Well. You know, if if you remember the show, uh, the Haney Project, it was years ago, and it had mixed mixed reaction on the Golf Channel. But anyhow, uh, it was a show for for any of your listeners maybe that aren't familiar with it. Basically, Hank Haney at the time, shortly after he was finished coaching Tiger, they'd pick a celebrity, and and obviously Barkley was one of the celebrities. So he went through the season and actually Phil started to hit some really good shots. Like you could see. Uh, somewhere, if you peel back all of the, uh, you know, all of the hitches and all of the videos from over the years, Barkley playing these celebrity pro-ams where, uh, you know, hitting shots into the gallery and, I mean, kind of obviously a laughingstock. It, it was rumored that at one time he was actually a single-digit handicap, um, so it'll be exciting. You know, I think, I think, uh, you know, the better Barkley plays, the, the more successful the match is going to be. Or you could look at it from the other way and say, man, if this guy shoots a, you know, goes out and shoots a million or hitting terrible shots, maybe that will add to the, uh, the entertainment perspective, you know, people looking for the train wreck. So 
Um, no, I think I think it'll be uh, very interesting. You know, pretty pretty neat to see this course. Apparently, this is with Phil Mickelson Golf Property. I don't know if he designed it. Maybe you uh, have some information there, but a pretty neat course. Some drivable par fours, reachable par fives, and then in particular, there's a par three with some pretty neat water features. So I'm I'm really excited for this one. You mentioned the the commentators. Uh, Brian Anderson is one of my favorite play-by-play guys for for the NBA. Uh, he's he's done some golf for TNT. I really like him. So we got Andre Iguodala. I know he's a big time golfer. Kind of kind of an odd choice. Trevor Immelman. Uh, you mentioned Eli. We got Michelle Wee, uh, Gary McCord, and, and Cheyenne Woods. Who I, they just pulled her name out of a hat apparently and said let's let's bring her on the broadcast. Uh, one of the things I liked about the last two matches was Barkley's involvement as a commentator, and he's one of just the most entertaining guys to listen to. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested in the broadcast. I really thought Justin Thomas was pretty awesome as a play-by-play guy or, or, or a, a sort of a course rover the last time that this the, the match two was played during the quarantine with uh, Brady and Manning. And uh, it would have been kind of cool to get him involved again because he's kind of built for this stuff. But So the two things I'm interested in are, are just the entertainment value, kind of the, the Manning, Barkley, Mickelson, all those guys can can talk trash and and they're good at it and they're funny. I don't know about Curry, but I'm I'm also interested to see Curry as a golfer because I mean he had a really respectable uh, event three years ago at the uh, one of the Corn Ferry Tour events out west, and uh, and from all indications that maybe maybe post basketball you know senior tour golf might be might be up his alley. Well, you're right. He did play. Uh, I believe it was the Ellie May Classic out in the out in the Bay Area. His first first year, uh, back-to-back rounds of 74. Obviously missed the cut, but I think it proved, at least to me, you know, this guy's a legitimate player. You know, it's one thing to go home and do it with your buddies, or if him and Iguodala go out and play. You know, it's one thing to shoot, uh, you know, around right around par, but to do it on you know, arguably the second best tour in the world. I think it really showed a lot that hey, his game, his game is legit. You know, and then I think he had the one other start. His career low round on the web tour is a 71. Um, so no, definitely has some uh, some talent. And I think it's interesting. You know, with a guy like Curry, there's been numerous professional athletes. You know, stars in other sports that have dabbled in golf and um, can play. But I, I just think. You look at a guy like Curry in particular, he's kind of, I mean, obviously a sharpshooter from, from three-point range in, in the NBA. You know, a lot of his game in basketball, I think, is mental. So I think it's easier for him to transition, uh, you know, onto the golf course and play at that, that same high level. From a betting perspective, there, there's going to be some, some live hole bets that, that will be fun to do. Uh, Mark, I'm a de- degenerate, so I will be betting on this in some aspect. I, I might take Michelson Barkley just to get the value and just just for fun. Um, do you anticipate uh, betting on this at all? Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to betting it. I think uh, you know, with the format, I, I, I just think it's so unpredictable. Uh, thanks in large part to Charles Barkley. So I think when you know, I'm going to look more at. Uh, some of the in-round props, you know, hole-by-hole betting, uh, closest to the pin bets, if it's anything like the previous couple matches, um, you know, I think you'll have closest to the pin betting on the on the par threes. Um, you know, I, I definitely 
will play some here, but uh, it's just a side. I, as you mentioned, I think if if there is a bet to make, it's going to be on Mickelson and Barkley, as you alluded to, just primarily because of the value. Um, you know, I think if you look at Peyton and Steph Curry on paper, you know, Manning showed a lot of his golf acumen, I think, in the match, too, during quarantine, as you mentioned, playing in the rain. Uh, I mean, hit a lot of quality shots. So I, I just think that team, um, you know, I, I think they're the heavy favorite. But uh, but from a betting perspective, I, I certainly, if I, if I would bet the total, the match side of things, uh, I think I'm with you. I'm going to take I'm going to take Mickelson and Barkley and Rue like Eck for them. You you get the guy that's the actual professional golfer of the four, and I, I did read that they're going to like you said they're going to set up some tees uh, Mickelson strategically, looking at some drivable par, par fours that he could just put the ball in the green and Barkley can you know maybe make a putt. So I like it from that aspect. Um, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and um, you know, it's 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 something fun to do the day after Thanksgiving. It's it's low key, and hopefully the entertainment value is high. One last question: Does does Tiger not playing in this? Does it matter? Um, you know, it's it's sort of a to me. I, I look at it as sort of a novelty for Tiger Woods. I think Tiger is going to draw in some of the more casual fans. Uh, maybe even casual golf fans. I don't think it's going to matter here, just because with with Barkley and with Steph Curry, I think you're bringing in a whole new demographic. So if you look and see what the what the organizers are trying to do, I mean, look at it from from golf's perspective. I think it will be. Um, I think it'll actually be a bonus without Tiger Woods. I mean, look, we all know we all know um, when Tiger plays, people tune in. I think. This is going to allow uh, some some new viewers that that might not be so interested to in the game. They're going to hear Steph Curry and Barkley, you know, so they might check it out just to see Steph Curry. Um, obviously, it's been some time since we've seen Curry in any um, athletic endeavor. Um, so I think I think it's great. I don't think they're really going to miss Tiger as as crazy as that sounds. I just don't think he's the he's the main draw in this one. It's funny. I I watched you know the match too during quarantine because I wanted to see. Hey, how does Tiger look? Does he look healthy? How's he swinging? I, I really didn't watch him for the entertainment factor, and all the other guys gave it gave it you know gave us more of that. Uh, Peyton's great at that. Mickelson's great at that kind of thing, and we know Barkley is going to be. So I actually don't think it matters that Tiger's not playing in this because we we want to watch him play golf and he's not really the best at sort of giving the needle. He, he can do it, but Mickelson sort of built for this thing. And, uh, and so I, I think, I think it's not a big deal. And I think it should be a fun day after Thanksgiving, uh, event. Let me get your quick thoughts on, um, some 2021 future odds. Now I know some people listening are thinking, are, we're already talking about the 2021 majors really. Well, uh, just so as an example, we know we know Bryson uh, DeChambeau started putting on all this weight and, and muscle and just mass, right, uh, at the end of last season or in the fall of 2020. And you could have got Bryson to win the Masters at over plus 4,000 at that point. And then he started doing what he did, and he had a, he had a great you know, 2020. And by the time he got to the masters, Mark, he was, he was a plus 800 favorite. So there really is value of finding someone you like that has the potential that maybe is farther down the board that has really long future odds that 
you think might have a chance to win one of these majors. From that standpoint, I want to talk real quick. Is there anyone that might not be at the top of the board that you think might line up for one of these four majors next year? Which, by the way, we got the Masters, we got the PGA at Kiwa Island, uh, we got the Open at Royal St. George's, and then uh, the U.S. Open is at Torrey Pines. Um, so, from that standpoint, is there anyone that you like that's maybe more than like plus two thousand that you think has a good value on the board right now? Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's so many players, Phil, and, and I think, um, you know, looking at the Masters in particular, you know, it, it is statistically, historically, one of the smallest fields in, and maybe one of the weakest fields in the major championships, say, throw out the PGA Championship. Um, but, you know, I just think that the Masters, it's, it's going to continue to be wide open. Um, I, I think, of course, you're going to have your heavy favorites and their favorites for a reason. You know, I was hesitant to um, to look at any of the favorites this year just because to me with, with my golf betting, I just like the, I like those guys in that plus 2000 range. So looking ahead to 2021, um, you know, obviously the favorite's going to be Dustin Johnson. There's, there's no doubt um, with, with what he did to that place uh, just a couple weeks back. As long as, uh, you know, there's no injury incidents, you know, he's going to be the heavy favorite. But uh, guys plus 2,000 or higher, uh, look at, I, I take a guy like Sung J.M. Obviously, Sung J. Uh, proved that his game is ready for that major championship pressure. Sung J. right now, I've seen him recently at plus 3,300. Um, you know, Cam Smith, plus 4,000. Um, you know, another guy I look at that I think is going to have a long future, uh, good successful career at Augusta National is a guy like Cameron Champ. I just think with his length uh, and his ability to get the putter hot, um, you know, I look at him right now, 6,600. I think that's, uh, I think that's a, a great bet, great value. Um, you know, I'm looking through, there, there's certainly going to be your your stalwart saying adam scott can adam get one more justin rose at plus four thousand just a, a plethora of good players in that range um that i think you could you could really make some uh make some hay on yeah um dustin johnson mentioned him just, just to win any of the majors there, there's a bet on mgm right now to win any of the four majors he's at plus 200 i'm not saying he's going to win the masters again and and four and a half months um but it's it's easy to see how he could win at a place like tory pines um that's that's got decent value of course when you pinpoint it to an, an actual one you know specific event then the odds go up uh i love rory to to win the masters next spring mark uh, he he's around plus a thousand plus 1100 right now I just think he learned. He played with DJ the first two days, and I think he learned a lot from DJ's sort of approach and mentality as far as not trying to force things too early and letting the tournament come to him. And we know what happened this this you know a couple of weeks ago. He he shoots seventy five in the first round, shoots himself out of it. Then he plays carefree golf, which is what he's made for. And then he he almost comes back and kind of makes a run at it. I just think Rory's due to win this tournament, and uh, I love him to win this tournament next year. Is, is is there anyone sort of, I don't know, the top five, top ten in the world that, that you think 
that you would bet on not winning a major next year? Who who's got the game, but maybe something's missing right now. Well, uh, I, I look at a guy, and obviously I, I think he's fallen from that top 10 um, positioning, but I'll, I'll throw a guy like Ricky Fowler in there. Um, a stat that uh, sort of, I mean, really caught me off guard. Ricky Fowler has had eight top five finishes in the majors um, in his career. Obviously, he's yet to, yet to break through and get one. You know, I, I, I was expecting uh, Ricky to play better um, a couple weeks back. I don't know if there's some injury there. Um, but I, I, I'm beginning to worry um, about about Ricky. I think that, you know, his game, obviously, it's, it's, it's still that what I would call a young brand of golf. Um, you know, a little bit flashy, a little bit smoke and mirrors at times, I think. I mean, you hate calling a good putter smoke and mirrors. But, you know, I think if there is a course that he can win at, you know, looking to next year, I think, I think obviously he has good track record at Augusta National. Um, you know, I don't know where the, where the Open Championship is, but, but Torrey Pines, of course, you know, I think Ricky's played well around there. Um, you know, so I, I think it's in, you know, Ricky certainly has, has all the ability in the world, but that said, I just don't know, um, you know, it's tough to judge anyone off of, uh, off of 2020 here, but I think Ricky kind of took a, took a downward turn and, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he, you know, manages to reset things over the winter, uh, whether that's, you know, tightening up his ball striking. I think he's his driver. He really, um, struggled putting the ball in play. And I think, uh, you know, if this guy's going to contend and sort of live up to these expectations that were placed on him coming out of Oklahoma State, uh, I, I think he's got to tighten up his game off the tee. But, you know, you take a guy that putts like he does, he's always going to be a threat if he can if he can manage to give himself the opportunities. Yeah, when when uh, we started this podcast with the Masters and I, I had uh, my brother Tim on, and he mentioned Ricky as, as a potential guy to win. I... <laughs> I wasn't trying to laugh it off, but I just based on what happened in 2020, he wasn't a real threat, and there 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 has been some fall off on his game this this season, and uh, still a good putter, but it seems like he's just the ball striking is falling off. And Mark, right now he's not he's not in the 2021 Masters at this point, so he's going to have to do some work early in the 2021 season here to get into the Masters, and it'd be kind of crazy to have that without Fowler. I got to tell you, a guy that, that has all the potential in the world and, and maybe should have a major by now that I still have some real questions about, and it's John Rahm. Uh, and it kind of goes back to what we saw a couple weeks ago. He's he's in the mix on Saturday, and he has a huge blow-up hole and and kind of kind of lost him the tournament, and he lost his mojo after that. And he's a guy that seems like he's got all the pieces that, that you need to win a major, and he wins big golf tournaments, and he's really fun to watch, but... I have some questions about him uh, just going forward. And the longer this kind of thing goes where these guys in their mid twenties and they get to their late twenties, don't win uh, a major. And we've seen it with Fowler and we saw it before with Sergio until he finally won one is, is that that weight gets, it gets harder to carry and the pressure really mounts and the questions continue to come at all the media sessions and every interview. And, and it kind of, I'm sure it gets to these guys. So I'm interested to see what happens with Rom next year. I think it's a big year for him to get one so this isn't uh, a proverbial monkey on his back yeah you know phil i i think one of the most telling events with with me and john rom 
Um, do you recall a few years back, it was the Players' Championship. They're on the 12th hole. It's Sunday, and Rom hits it left for, for anybody listening that's not familiar. So it's a sort of a, I would call it a dogleg left par five. Um, Rom drives it into the left rough. The wind's blowing hard left to right, and Rom's trying to hit this hook out over the water, hook it back onto the green as Caddy tries to talk him out of it. And uh, anyhow, goes on, tries to pull off the shot, hits it in the water, and just saw a total, what I would describe as, as um, you know, he unraveled. And I think that the more um, he plays, and obviously he's been a guy that's had success in, in regular tour events and, and manages to play him way into contention in the majors, um, I, I'm right there with you. I think that with every passing major that, that goes by where he does not play to his potential, so to speak, I think the pressure is going to mount. And I think there are some parallels that you can draw between a John Rahm and Sergio Garcia. You know, obviously Sergio had so many near misses and, um, you know, kind of kind of cut from that same fiery cloth. Um, you know, uh, I, I just think that, you know, Rahm has all the game in the world. And if you recall when he was coming out on the tour, uh, played at Arizona State for, for Tim Mickelson and, and Tim, Tim went to Phil and he said, you've got to watch this guy. He said, he said, this guy will be the best player in the world and, and he has the talent to, to take over and dominate the game. I just think that maybe, um, <laughs> you know, Rom has, uh, has all those expectations on him and, and I don't think there's any question he's, he's struggling to, to manage those expectations. Yeah, I think that's well said. And, uh, Again, I think 2021 is going to be pretty interesting to follow uh, if, Follow him in that aspect. Um, Mark, I, the good news is we're only a few months away to the next major, and uh, it's pretty, going to be pretty cool to have another Masters already. And uh, listen, it was fun for you to come on and talk about the match and, and talk about 2021, sort of a look ahead. And uh, uh, yeah, it was fun, fun to talk about these things. Well, no, like like I said, always always a pleasure, Phil. And anytime uh, anytime you want to reach out, please uh, please do because I enjoy coming on. Thanks for having me. Appreciate your insight as always, uh, Mark. You're one of the the, the sort of the, the more knowledgeable people about the game that I know. Uh, listen, everyone, thanks for listening again. And uh, we're going to try to ramp it up this week. We got uh, we got a college football show coming this week and uh, NFL as well. And uh, pretty excited. The month of December, we're going to get the NBA going. And uh, got a big preview show coming in in a couple weeks. So uh, pretty pretty big stuff happening on this podcast. And we appreciate you listening. And look forward to you uh, tuning in again next time. <laughs> <laughs>